So guess what we're looking at tonight? Lord's Prayer. So we're in Matthew chapter 6. And our focus will be in verse 11 tonight. But um, as we've been doing uh, throughout the study of the Lord's Prayer, we're going to read of the Lord's Prayer together before we really jump into our text tonight. So it's up here on the screen. So if you will, let's I'll read this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I think it's good that we do this every week just to really burn into our head. This is what the whole prayer is because we're only taking small chunks of this um, every week and looking at it. And so it's good to kind of keep that in mind. And so, uh, like I said, tonight we're going to be looking at verse 11. Um, and it's the statement, give us this day our daily bread. And so that sounds real simple. Um, and it really kind of is. Um, so if you notice when we read through the Lord's Prayer and when we've been studying through the Lord's Prayer, as we've told you guys, you know, these are petitions that we're making to God. So everything in the Lord's Prayer is a petition. Um, hallowed be your name. That's a petition to God. God, may your name be holy in the world. Um, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are petitions to God. Lord, we want these things to happen. We're praying for these things to happen. Let it be. Let it come to pass that these things happen. Um, but if you notice, the first three petitions that we looked at are all directed toward God and his kingdom. And Lord, let this happen for you. Let this happen for you. Let this happen for you. And so they're all directed toward God. Well, if you noticed, it's kind of, the prayer's kind of taking a shift now. And so now, instead of, instead of petitioning God for things for him, now we're petitioning God for things for us. Hence, give us this day our daily bread. Now we're saying, God, I'm petitioning you for something for me. Do something for me. Um, forgive us our debts is another petition that's pointed back toward us. This is what I need. Um, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. And so you can kind of see how the prayer um, is, is broken into, into two halves. One half is it's petitions toward God, and the other half is petitions from God kind of back toward us. And so this is the first of those three that are really um, something that we are asking God for for ourselves. And, again, it's, it's very simple. Give us this day our daily bread. Um, and so when I was looking at this and thinking about it, again, it's just a very simple request. Um, but at the same time, it's really difficult. And, and then what I mean by that is sometimes it's hard to ask God for things. Sometimes it's easy to ask God for things, but sometimes it's kind of hard. Um, at least for me it is because... Sometimes I feel selfish or I feel like maybe I'm asking for the wrong reasons or whatever that may be. And so, and so sometimes I find it kind of difficult to say, God, give me. God, give me. God, give me. Um, and I think it's a lot because of the world we live in. Uh, because we are so used to 
uh, people petitioning God for just frivolous things or extravagant things or whatever it is. And so, so we're so afraid of falling into that that we go further the opposite way and we don't even petition God for things we need or for his provisions um, because we're so afraid of maybe, of maybe going the opposite direction. And so what I'm going to kind of do tonight when we look at this, like I said, it's not, it's not a very difficult passage to understand. Um, but in reading it, it has brought a lot of scripture to my mind. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to kind of share that with you and kind of walk through um, this text, but also to kind of look at a lot of other scripture that kind of points to uh, our prayer life and the things we ask for um, and petitioning God for, for help, for, for needs. Um, and so the first uh, passage I want to look at is in Matthew 7. And this is going to be verses 7 through 11. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give things to those who ask him and so the reason I kind of want to start out with this verse is like I said sometimes it's hard to ask God for things sometimes we feel like we're selfish if we're asking God to give me something material something physical you know we, yeah we ask God for spiritual help we ask God for um, even you know sickness that that is a very common prayer um, even you guys notice every week when we come together and take prayer requests the large majority of the prayers is because of, of illness or, um, you know, things related to that. And it, it, it's very rarely uh, spiritual things or even material things. You know, we don't often come in a group and, and tell everybody, hey, this is what I need. Um, we kind of keep that to ourselves, and that's just kind of the way we're wired. Um, and so we're, we're okay to share sickness, we're okay to share even spiritual needs, but when it comes to physical or material things, um, we, we kind of hold that inside. And we don't do it only in a group, but I think we do it just along with God, um, that we just want to hold that stuff in, that, that I can take care of this. I, you know, I, I know I need it, but I, I've got it. Um, and I think this is a great verse to remember, is that, God is a giver. And, and I love, you know, when Jesus says, you know, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will God give? And sometimes I think we kind of forget that. Like, like, you know, I think about my own kids. You know, if they have needs, I, I want to meet their needs. Like, if there's any way possible, I'm going to meet your need. And, and even, you know, you guys as a church, like, if you have a need, if there's anything I can do to meet your need, I want to meet your need. And it's like that desire is there. But then when we turn that around to God, we feel like he doesn't work that way. But Jesus is like, no, if you, if you can do that, if you can look and, and see other people's needs and want to meet those needs, meet your own kids, and he's like, how much more is God going to want to meet your needs? And so I think immediately we need to kind of break down 
any kind of barrier we have to asking God for material things that we need. God, I need this. You know, I, I need a job. I need food. I need a car. Whatever, whatever we think our need is, we need to ask God for that. Um, but it's kind of tricky, like I say, because we don't want to fall into asking God just for stuff we don't need. Oftentimes we get need and want really mixed up. Um, and so we think something we want is something we really need. And so we want to we petition God for that and plead with him. Um, but our motives are wrong. And we're going to look at that a little later. But kind of the interesting thing, too, is, is Jesus is in, in this prayer. You know, he's saying to us, Give us this day our daily bread. We're praying to God, give this to us. And so we're asking for God to give it to us. But it's not like we just sit back and do nothing. And so here, you know, obviously we're looking at, at bread, at food, at, at something we need every day. And so we petition God for it. But do you petition God for something you need and then do nothing to pursue that need? You know, if you need food and you don't have a job, do you not go look for a job? Or do you just say, well, I'm just going to petition God. He knows I need food, and so I'm going to sit on my couch all day and just wait for the food to show up. Um, sometimes we kind of think that way too, but we know that's not right. We know, hey, we're supposed to work. We're supposed to earn our food. But at the same time, Jesus says, petition God for it. He knows you need it. Ask him for it. And so how do we, how do we kind of reconcile these two things together? Um, I, again, I'm going to take you to some verses. Uh, if you go to Second Thessalonians, chapter three, and all these are these are just a couple verses that really um, talk about our need to work, our need to work for things that that we need. Um, so 2 Thessalonians 3, starting in verse 6, it says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness, and not according with the tradition that you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked day and night that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you and ourselves an example to imitate. For even when, when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and earn their own living. Now then if we'll go to the book of Proverbs, just a couple of Proverbs that kind of speak toward this. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 4. And then we'll go to Proverbs 20 and verse 4. Proverbs 13, 4, it says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. 
And then if you'll jump over to Proverbs 24, it says, A sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. And so I think these are just some really good verses. One to remind us that we're supposed to work for our stuff. I mean, we're not to be like the sluggard um, who wants something and does nothing to get it and is kind of disappointed when it's not there. Um, I really like how it says he doesn't plow in the autumn and he'll seek the harvest and have nothing. Um, and if you don't plant a garden, you're not going to grow any crops. Uh, you know, if I went out weed eating yesterday and I didn't see, you know, any corn growing in my yard. That's because I didn't plant any corn. Like, you can't expect to go find something if you don't work to put it there. Um, it's kind of this whole idea of the sluggard. He's not working, but he's, he's hoping to have a harvest. Um, but also, Paul's warning to the, the church in uh, Thessalonica that stay away from people who are idle. Because people who are idle, as he said, they're busybodies. They're, just, they're, they're not working. They're just really causing trouble. And he's like, don't be like these people. Be like us. We gave you an example. When we came to you, we could have we said, hey, you guys take care of us because we're here to preach the gospel to you. But he said, no, we didn't do that because we didn't want to burden you. We worked. When we ate, we bought food. Like we worked for what we had and we earned it, and we gave you an example, this is how you should be. You should work for what you have and not just come in and expect people to give it to you. Um, so, you know, we have verses like this that really kind of points us toward, and if you need something, work for it. And that's God's ex expectation. You know, when, when Adam was created, he was placed in the garden to, to work. I mean, we were, we were meant to work from the beginning of creation. Um, even though work got a lot harder because of sin, we were still meant to work. And, and you know, I, I always think that when we go to heaven, we're probably not just going to be laying on a cloud playing a harp. Like, God's going to have something for us to do, but it's going to be in glory, and so there's not going to be thistles and thorns and weeds. Um, it'll, it'll be glorious. But, you know, we were made to work for things, but at the same time, Jesus says, you have a need, ask God for it. And so how do we kind of put these two things together? Um, a couple more verses. If you go to Philippians 4. Starting at verse 6. And this is a really famous verse. Or verses. Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So not be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Um, and then if we go to Matthew 6 and verse 25. And these verses are just a short few verses after the Lord's Prayer that we're studying right now. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. And so again, here you've got these different sets of verses where don't be anxious. Don't worry. God knows you need these things. Seek his kingdom. He'll provide it. And then you, you work for what you have. You don't sit back and do nothing. And so we see how these, this all kind of works together. Um, just like, you know, we've been talking about um, how does prayer and God's will work together? You know, they seem to be opposite of each other. God's going to do what he does, but yet we pray. Um, this is kind of the same type of thing. You know, God knows what you need. He's going to provide, but you got to work. But it's another one of those beautiful marriages where, yes, God will provide, but yes, he's made us to work. And these things work together. Um, when we go work, you know, how, how are we even able to work? You know, sometimes we don't think about that. It's just, you know, our whole life we've been able to get up, get out of bed and go do whatever. Um, but, man, that's a blessing from God. It's a blessing from God that you can get up and go to work in the morning. You know, it's a blessing from God that you have the ability to work. And, you know, have you even ever, ever thought about where we live? Like how it's such a blessing that we live where we live. Because there's people over much of the world that it is a struggle to eat every day. And, you know, for us, man, food is not that big a deal. It's everywhere. You know, I, I could probably not go shopping for, you know, a month and still have plenty of food to eat if I clean my cupboard out. Um, some of that stuff might be out of date by now. I don't know. But um, but you guys are the same way. You know, you don't get up in the morning and think, well, I wonder where my meal's coming from today. You've got food. And you've got plenty of food. And we don't worry about food because food's always there. And, and so it, it makes it kind of difficult, but man, it's such a blessing from God that we can, we can be that way, that God has provided so much for us, that we do have so much food, that we do live where we live, that we do have jobs, that we do have the ability to get up and work and do all these things. And so, and so it's, it's really beautiful how that kind of comes together, that yes, we do work and we do, we do buy food, but at the same time, we seek God's provision in that. Lord, continue to provide me every day what I need, um, even what I need to get up and go to work. And I think sometimes it's, it's kind of wrong that we just take this and only apply it to food. You know, give me this day the food I need. Because ultimately, we're, we're talking about God's provision. God, give me what I need today. It, it, and it could be food, but it could also be other things. What I need to sustain me, what I need to get me through the day, what I need to get myself up out of bed. You know, we're petitioning God to help us today, to give me what I need throughout the day 
Well, like I said earlier, you know, one of the reasons I feel like it's hard to ask God for material things is because of greed and because of the world we live in and because there is so much. Um, and I know, like, for me, it can be real easy to just want more and more and more and more and never be satisfied with what I have. And so, you know, you don't want to go ask God for something because I don't want to be seen as a greedy person. Or, like I said, the prosperity gospel is so prevalent in our world. You know, man, just sow a seed. God's going to give you tons of blessings. And so we go run to God, and it's like, man, I need all this stuff, you know. Um, Lord, I want to win the lottery. You know, like, why do we need the lottery? But we do because we have more stuff we need. And, and so there's kind of this struggle. There's kind of this battle that we have to really guard our heart um, when we're asking God for something. And, and I think that's why we have such struggles asking God for, for things. And so there's a couple of verses I want to look at here um, that kind of that speak to this. Um, 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take, um, cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith, and pierce themselves with many pains. And then if you go to the book of James in chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And then one last passage in Luke chapter 12. Starting in verse 16. It says, He told him a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and not riches toward God. And so again, we can see this whole struggle within that, that most of us likely have between asking God for something and then being on the other side to where I'm asking, but I'm not receiving because I'm asking out of greed. I'm asking to feed my own pleasure. 
to, to, to my own excess. And, and so we struggle with this balance. And I, I think it's great that, you know, in this prayer, Jesus is telling us, ask God. God, give me this. Give me what I need. Give me this day my daily bread. We do petition God for what we need. But at the same time, like I said, when you, we go and look at all these other verses, we know that, that it's a struggle and it's a balance. And so much of the Bible, when we read it, I mean, it's a balance. We always have to keep things in that perspective that, you know, you don't go to the extreme where you never ask God for anything because you don't want to be greedy or you go to the extreme where you ask God for too much. And it's just, it's all just because of your own pleasure, your own passion. Man, God, this is just the stuff I want. I, I want a new Ferrari, like really bad. You know, Lord, grant this to me. Like, why, why am I not driving a Ferrari? Like, I've asked God, and he's a good father, and Jesus says he wants to give me good stuff, so how come I'm not driving it? You know, well, it's because you're greedy. It's because you're asking with the wrong motives. And, and, so, and so we have to find the balance in the two. And then working and asking, we have to find that balance. And, and it, I think it's just a perfect balance when we think about how God provides. And Lord, this is what I'm asking for. I'm asking for you to provide. I'm asking for you to provide food, for you to provide ability. You know, allow me to work. Allow me to have a job. Allow me to, to do these things. And we recognize that, man, I do have a house. And I do have food. And I do drive a truck. And it's like, I recognize that God has granted that to me. Like, that's not my doing. That's not because of my effort. It's because of how God's blessed me. He's blessed me with these things. And I, and I think that's where the balance lies, is, is yes, we ask God for things, and yes, we work for things, but at the same time, we recognize that it's God who gives. And it's God who gives these things to us. And so just a couple more things um, I want to look at before we wrap up. Like I said, you know, in the prayer, Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. And for us, asking for bread is really not, I mean, you're not going to pray to God for bread. Let's just be honest. Like, how many of you ever ask God for bread? Like, nobody has, unless you've got a jar of peanut butter and you had not been to the store, you know. God, please let there be some bread in the cabinet. Um, it could happen. You never know. Um, but that's not the way we pray because we don't, seek after bread to sustain us and again you know what jesus is saying is yes they're what they're, what you're asking for is it's literally bread um, but it, it can also symbolize something more than bread and and so you know we got to remember who he's talking to and, and the people of the day and how bread was a staple of their diet i mean that was it was a very important food for these people to have every day um you know, when we take the Lord's Supper, it's kind of the example of, of that. You know, this was part of what they ate. Um, and, so, and so, again, you're asking literally, God, give me food. Give me what I need, um, which in this day, bread kind of represented that. Um, and I, it, my mind kind of went back um, to the Exodus uh, when Israel was roaming in the desert. And they're like, uh, Moses, were starving. You know, there was really good food in Egypt. We could always go back there and eat good food, um, and, Lord, and, and the Lord provided. 
in Exodus 16:4, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And I just think, man, this is awesome, because this is what Christ has actually told us to pray for. Give us our daily bread. And in Exodus, we saw this is what God did for Israel. He gave them their daily bread. They woke up in the morning, there was manna, and there was enough for the day. You didn't take more than that. You, you took a day's worth. Except for on the sixth day, you took two days' worth because you don't go pick up manna on the Sabbath. But you took what you needed, and you took what you needed for the day, and you didn't take more. And that was God's provision. And I think it's such a great um, comparison to what Christ is, is telling us. This is what you pray for. You pray for provision. You pray for your daily need, not... God, I need a huge bank account for my retirement. Um, that's not what you pray for. You, you end up like the man with the barn, and you've got all this money, and you die, and your kids blow it, um, which my kids are not going to blow much. I don't know if they knew that or not, but now you do. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> but that's not what we pray for. We, we pray for today. God, give me what I need today. Um, but then also my mind went to Matthew 26 as Jesus and his disciples were in the upper room taking the Passover feast. And Jesus says, or it says now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And again, I think it's another beautiful picture of that symbolism between Jesus' body and bread because you need this. This is what you need. I'm, my body's going to be broken for you because you need it. And, and again, I just think it's beautiful to, to, to be able to take that and compare it to, man, this is what Jesus is telling us to pray for. You know, man, I need the broken body of Christ every day. You know, that salvation that I have, I mean, it's always there, but gosh, I can't forget that. Like, like that is such an integral part of who I am and how my day goes when I focus on Christ and, and who he is and what he's done, um, that spiritual bread that we need each and every day, again, we're asking for that. And so when we pray this, yes, we pray for physical, material needs, but we're also praying for spiritual needs. And I really think that's, you know, when Jesus says, ask God for this, that he's not just saying ask God for bread. But he is saying, rely on him every day to meet your needs, both physical and spiritual. Because both of those have to be fed. And we can't ask for one or neglect the other. Um, so just remember when we pray, um, it's okay to ask God for things. But we have to ask him with the right heart and the right motives. And we have to ask him realizing and recognizing that and it's him that we're relying on. And it's him that's providing. And it's not something that we take pride in or that, you know, we, we recognize that, oh, look at this great effort I put into this. But, but this is through the grace of God that we have what we have. And that we need him each and every day to meet both our physical and our spiritual needs. Um, and so I kind of hope that makes sense. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But um, it really kind of spoke to me when I read that and started thinking about, all the other places where the Bible kind of speaks to this, um, asking God for 
our needs and, and how he provides. Um, so let's all pray together.